Welcome to Mindset Meets Mastery with Arlene Gale. We're talking about the stories we tell ourselves, the mindsets, myths, and misinformation that can hold us back, and then turning our focus to action steps that bring about success mastery in business and life. Hi, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. So I want to start with the name of my podcast, my radio program. I mean, really. I mean, let's go back to the basics, right? Mindset meets mastery. I was very, very intentional about that name because being mindful is really important to me. And it's most important to me when I get stuck, when I am going full speed ahead towards a goal, my heart, my head, my every part of me is committed into getting there. And boom, something stops me. Why? What is it? And most of the time I find that what stops me, what causes me pain is not the wall I just ran into or the chair I just tripped over. It's my mindset. Something somewhere, and I may not ever really understand where it came from or what it was, tells me I can't do it or whatever. So I get stuck. So mastering those little voices, those mindsets that try to hinder me, hold me back, has been kind of my life's goal, my life's passion. And that's what I'm trying to share with people in Mindset Meets Mastery. But not just to identify the mindsets, but also to master them so that we can master success in whatever form or format that takes for us. It's not about money. It's not about prestige. Or maybe it is for you. For whatever success means to you, that's what I would like to have dedicated. My goal is to to help you meet that that success mastery. So because I know what mindset kind of does to me, but I'm just me, I've got an expert today who is an expert on mindset. And even better than that, he's an expert on helping us to get unstuck in the mindsets that make us feel sometimes like we're hitting those, those brick walls. So my guest today is Craig Tennant. Craig is a transformation architect and breakthrough coach. For more than three decades, Craig Tennant consulted with finance and technology executives in, to- in software services. He climbed the corporate ladder as a powerful consultant, leading international teams and clients towards valuable solutions. Alongside his corporate career, Craig facilitated authentic leadership workshops for 17 years. And as a result, he was able to lead people to become more confident about their relationships and the goals that they set for themselves. So although he enjoyed working in the software industry, Craig found his purpose in helping others break through these barriers, these mindset barriers that prevent them from having the experiences they want so that they can be all that they want to be in life. So Craig has trained and supported thousands of individuals and more than 75 groups to bring their more authentic selves into the world. And I love that about him. And I'm going to be very transparent and very upfront with you guys. I've known Craig a long time. He's had a big piece of my heart. We work together and I value his expertise and his, his friendship tremendously. So please help me welcome Craig Tennant. Yay! Hi, Craig. (laughs) 
Thank you, Arlene. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I just want to acknowledge how amazing you are. And I just love this radio show. Stop. Love, I've loved watching you over the last, it seems to me it's been five years or so that I've really paid attention to you developing this, this practice of helping people bring their book dreams to reality. And I just want to acknowledge you for that. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. I really do appreciate it. So now I'm blessed to get to know you and know a little bit about your story and know you as a mindset expert, a mastery expert. So would you please share some of your story about what got you to where you are today? You're, you know, in the book writing world, we call that a hero's journey. So please share a little bit with us, please. Sure, sure. So as you said in my introduction in the bio, I worked in software services consulting for a long time, the last 20 years or so. And um, about 20 years ago, around the time that I met you, I started doing my investing in my own personal development work. Uh, I wanted to grow. And as I, as I uh, went and volunteered in these programs that I really loved, it really helped my career. And I showed up more confidently, more authentically, and I was able to command the salary that I really wanted. It was really great. I had a country club membership that was paid for by the company. I was a shareholder in the company and I had a lot of prestige and um, I, our teams did great work. And then over time, as I was volunteering on the weekends to help people find out why they were stuck and not only that, but move through that stuckness to action, um, I started to have this gap between what I was doing for a living and what I really wanted to do. Like mm. I really wanted to do this, but I couldn't figure out a way to do it. Uh, and to replace the, the lifestyle that I had created with my consulting career. So it got to the point where Sunday afternoon would come and I'd have a knot in my stomach as I thought about the next day and getting up and going into the office and everybody talking about the software when I had no interest in that. I wanted to know what was going on for people and um, still stuck. And one day about uh, six and a half years ago, my phone rang and it was my brother calling. I looked it up on my cell phone and I thought I hadn't heard from him in a while. And he'd kind of been running a little bit. And I answered the phone and it was his partner telling me that my brother had just died of a heart attack a couple of hours earlier. Mm. And I was devastated and that changed everything for me. As it turned out, I was going into a training a couple of days later to learn more of the skills that I use in helping people break through their barriers. And I had my mortality staring me in the face. Mm. Hate it when that happens. That's hard. Well, it's turned into a gift. (laughs) I decided to go there because actually that was really good support for me at the time. And, and, And so I decided to go and attend And the thing that happened for me is with my mortality staring me in the face, I got to look at the underlying risks that were keeping me from really going after what I wanted. And I stuck a stake in the ground that that week and I came back and shared with our CEO that I was going to leave that career and and follow my passion. Not, not really sure how quickly that would happen. Mm. Fast forward about three years and I made the decision at the end of 2017 And I found that engaging breakthroughs at the beginning of 2018. And so for the past uh, year and a half or so, we've been really focused on corporate professionals 
We have uh, a team member who guides them on job search, LinkedIn profile, resume, and networking. And my focus and my partner Montine's focus is on leadership development. So I work with a lot of people who are in management roles for the first time that are overwhelmed. I work with a lot of really introverted, very bright technical people who have been in sole contributor roles and want to move into a leadership role. And I, and I help them work through not only the how-tos, but we break through the barriers that have kept them from taking those steps before. Absolutely. And in that process, um, I've learned a lot about mindset and, and uh, not only the mindset that you can choose, but what I call the other than conscious mindset. It's that mindset that's running around in the background that's really driving your behavior. Okay. Let me, let me ask you a question. Yes. So engaging breakthroughs. So for you, the turning point was getting that call about your, your brother. It I would was, say that was a big turning point for that me was a big in, turning that, point. in that journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you think that the people that you work with, do a lot of them have those kind of dramatic turning points or things that kind of slap you in the head and say, pay attention, or are you trying to help them change direction and engage in a different way before they get to that quote breaking point or challenge? Well, <clears throat> some people come to me with a little bit of a vision that they see where things are going. And if they don't do something about it now, they're going to be really unhappy down the road. By and large, the people who come to me are at a point where they're stuck and they don't know what to do. Uh, the majority of our clients are between 40 and 50 years old, mm. have been in the career, in the workforce for 20 plus years. And we do also work with people who have left corporate jobs to start their own uh, practice or business, solopreneurs, you might call them. Mm -hmm. And because the concepts of what we help people with really apply in on any quest, anything that you're trying to achieve that's bigger than anything that you've achieved before, right? right? It sort of requires something that's beyond what you've been able to accomplish to do this. It's one of the reasons why people don't venture out on their own earlier mm -hmm. or why people don't try to get that leadership role in the company earlier because they don't have as much of a reason. So um, right. I think it's both. Both. Okay. I, and I love the term quest because for me, I mean, I can see me in knight and armor and a sword and, you know, rushing into battle and maybe sometimes I do too much of that. And, you know, I don't know, but anyway, that's a side story. <laughs> that's a, that's a whole nother episode or therapy session, whatever you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so a quest, do you, you, well, first of all, let's step back just a minute. You sure. talk about, um, and maybe quest is part of the answer in this, or maybe we come back to it other than conscious mindset. That's a term that I've heard you say, but I'm not quite sure that I really understand what that means or how does it work when it relates to mindset. Can you help us understand that, please? Sure. Um, perhaps an example that might help illustrate the concept of what I call other than conscious mindset. Okay. So uh, I might talk to someone and decide, you know, I'm going to have a bold mindset 
we talk, maybe I go hear Tony Robbins, Anthony Robbins speak. And he says, you know, have a bold mindset. So I'm going to say, I'm going to adopt that mindset. I'm going to be bold. And so on Monday, I'm going to go in and have a conversation with my boss, or I'm going to have a, a difficult conversation with an employee of mine in my, in my business who isn't getting the job done well. And somehow before I get to that point, some kind of resistance comes up. There is something that's actually going on inside of me. There's something even in my mind that's saying, you know what? You may want to be bold, but it's not okay for you to be bold. So back it up. Mm. And so that's what I, you referred to this uh, at the beginning about those things that get in the way. And so I just thought everybody talks mindset. But if you don't focus on the parts that are running subconsciously or in the background or just not fully in your awareness, mm-hmm. then I think it's going to be challenging to really accomplish as much as you want on that quest. So where do these other than conscious mindsets come from? Are we born with them or we pick them up along the way? How do we get them? Well, my belief, and from the work that I've done, the studies that I've done, and and most importantly, the work that I've done, and working with our clients over these years, uh, they they show up in in early life, and uh, that young people, small people, have experiences and receive responses to certain situations that end up. In imprinting some of these other than conscious beliefs that support the other than conscious mindset. And so I like to, I like to describe it. A, a metaphor that I use is that, you know, you have an operating system, right? So windows is running or Mac iOS is running and <laughs> you're such installed. a software guy <laughs> well a lot of people get this right <laughs> okay fine i'll try to keep up okay. <laughs> go, go ahead <laughs> well and if there's another metaphor you want to share with me after that you think's better let me know okay we'll but, discuss. But the idea is that there was a there was an operating system that was installed you know in my case at 57 you know got kind of fully installed 52 years ago by the time i was five i had a good portion of it already installed and then things still happen that impact that. So now at 57 or earlier, I want to go back in and check out some of those. There may be some updates that are required in those beliefs that are not really aware. I'm not aware of those beliefs, but when I unwind what's going on, I actually see that I hold a belief that's about me, what I can do, what I can't do, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And it's such a insidious belief in some cases, if it's holding me back, that the only way I know about it is the, is the physical response I have when I go to try to do something that I want to do that I haven't done and I don't do. So someone, so you're basically saying some of these mindsets are created in childhood and based most. on most, okay, most, um, and based on the household you grew up in, you're going to have those mindsets somewhere in there. And we may not know what they are. And I would say for me for a long time, I'm not sure that I really understood what they were. Because when I wrote my first book, I really kind of laid out the, you know, being raised 
in a household with an abusive alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And when I became aware of my mindset, I decided I was going to write my first book with my name on the front cover, Face Forward, Move Forward. And part of the reason I wrote that was because I had a mindset of being raised that way that was reinforced by them. You know, they say, you know, they say that if you're raised by an addict or an alcoholic, you're going to be an addict or an alcoholic. If you're raised by an abuser, you're going to be abused. Um, or abusive rather, or continue to be abused. So those mindsets were spinning around inside of me and I was unhappy. And it wasn't until I stopped the spinning right. <laughs> and unpacked that and said, now, now wait a minute, <laughs> that's not who I want to be. Um, so at least for me, I was able to identify the mindsets and then change them. Is that normal? I mean, can you really identify those mindsets from however long ago and then rewrite them? Absolutely. So, so, so let's just talk about what you shared just now. Okay. And what I'm going to suggest to you, having known you for as long as I have, having worked side by side with you, doing the kind of work that I do now mm-hmm. for, a, a num- uh, for a long period of time, that, that in fact, uh, you changed some of your, in that process, in that time that we were together, you actually, in there, became aware of things that you weren't aware of that by just the nature of becoming aware of them began the process of shifting them. And that because you were in that, that cycle of becoming aware of what was in the whispers, I'll call it that, but other than conscious mindset, you became aware of it. And then you learned how you could actually make those shifts on your own. If it weren't for all the work you had done all those years, my belief is that would have been much more challenging for you. And then I, you developed a skill along the way that makes it easier for you. And it's easier for me now. And for a lot of people, if they're just getting into that idea of what they're paying attention to inside in the other than conscious mind, it may take them more time and, most likely will require some high quality support to get started. Absolutely, because I can tell you that I'm very proud that I have broken the multiple generation of legacies, legacy of abuse and religion and culture used as a weapon, but it, it every day it's hard. <laughs> but um, so the sooner you start, the faster you'll get there. And there's no way I could have done it by myself. You know, I believe very strongly that there are angels on earth that, you know, that God put in my path exactly when I needed them. So, but again, that's another program. Um, Tell me, (laughs) tell me what are the, for me, some of the warning signs that there was that other than conscious mindset was the fact that I wasn't happy and I didn't know how to be, to be unhappy. (laughs) I didn't know how to change that. I knew I wanted something different, but I didn't know what was missing. How can people even begin to answer some of those questions or what are the questions they can ask themselves to begin with? Yeah, that's great. That's a great question. So uh, in your situation, you were talking about you weren't, you weren't happy. You wanted to be not unhappy, which I assume means probably happy. (laughs) Yeah. You'd think I'd be better with words, wouldn't you? (laughs) But yes, I wanted to not be unhappy or yeah, yeah, I wanted to be happy. (laughs) Well, um, what, what I'll say first of all off is that, you know, there's a big company out in the Pacific Northwest that says for anything that you want to do, just go do it. Mm. Right. 
and I, I don't hold that. I don't hold that belief. I, yeah. I have a mindset that says that works a little bit, but but not usually. Right? Absolutely, I agree. So the first thing is just the awareness. Like, wait a minute, this isn't working. Something's not working for me. Like your awareness that uh, it's not working. I'm not happy, and I want to be. I don't know how to get there. Step one is just getting honest about that it's not working. I think is the first step. So maybe the question is, is this really working? Is, is what I'm doing working well? Um, are there things showing up that I would call a blind spot? Like, oh, I'm moving forward with something. And then all of a sudden something that I do surprises me or happens more by accident than on purpose. Hmm. So a question might be, are you having things happen? Like, for example, I would like to go into a meeting and be confident with someone who I hold in a higher position than me, CEO of a company, whatever. And yet when I get in there, I don't speak up. I had that for a while early in my career, believe it or not. Hmm. And the work that I started doing when I met you really started to shift some of that. I got stories about how I would freeze in presentations and I actually worked with a client recently who came to me because he would start sweating when he was doing a presentation. And we worked with his other than conscious mindset to shift that so that now he goes in and he's confident. So, when that's happening, when there's something that's showing up that I don't want to happen, or if I make a decision that I'm not going to be that way, or I am going to be that way, but it's not happening. The first, so it's the first question is, is what I'm doing working and getting the results. And then, um, uh, so we actually have a process and a guide that we're going to offer to your listeners before the end of the call. Well, go ahead and tell them where to get it. Great. It's at www.engagingbreakthroughs.com. And then you're just going to uh, scroll down that main page to where it says sample our leadership training. And there's a link there where you can get your own copy. And essentially what you start off by doing is what is it that I really want here? And when I say that, I want to look at it from the standpoint of what's going on inside of me. So how do I want to think or feel or act, like to say something or do something, where I'm aware that that's not happening, that there's something going on that's keeping me from doing that. And this is all laid out in the Breakthrough Your Barriers Blueprint that you can download. So let me ask you a question real quick. Have you ever worked with somebody, and what would you say to somebody who says, but I don't know what I want? Okay, uh, great. So I think that... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, my friend, I put you on the spot. <laughs> no, I, I answer these questions all the time. It's not on the spot. I'm just figuring what's the best way to answer that. Yeah, because um, yeah, I mean, because there was a while, at least in my life, I didn't know what I want. I knew what I didn't want. That's you it. Know? So this is the key. So as long as I know that something isn't going the way that I want it to go, now I believe that, that motivation, motivation is important to have change. Okay. And I believe that motivation is sourced from one of two things, discontent or uh, desire or longing. 
right? So if someone comes to me and they say, I'm not really clear about what the deepest longing is of my heart. If I could bring this reality to my world, it would be like making my dreams come true. Like building a business, having a job where I'm passionate and purposeful and impactful and getting paid well. That Monday comes and it's like, let's go do it. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I just got lost in that. So <laughs> Well, I was interested. I was following. See, I was listening. So uh-huh. yeah, so if somebody comes to you and says, I don't know what I yes. want. Longing and discontent. So as long as you have uh, a discontent that is at a level of 8, 9, or 10 out of 10, mm-hmm. then I, I believe that you're going to get something different. And so check it. What's my discontent? You could start looking at what are, what are some of the costs of the way things are for me right now? You know, what are the financial costs, relational costs, emotional costs? Mm. And just really like get clear because if you know what you don't want, you can kind of look at the opposite of that and start to see what kinds of things that you might want. And I think that that's such great wisdom. And, you. you know, I think there's so many people in our society that are exhausted physically, too. Uh-huh. And so the cost also is a cost, the toll that it's taking on your body. Yeah, so, and I didn't mention that. And I usually, you know, have people think about that. So thank you. Yeah, I love, I mean, physical, the, 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 the physical impact of emotional discontent. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big... big it is a biggie. And especially I think right now in our society where, you know, we're almost, well, not almost, but we are being forced to, you know me, I'm a hugger. And being on the opposite side of the, the Metroplex and not being able to give you a big hug is is torture for me. <laughs> but I can laugh about it. And we know that about each other. I can look at the smile on your face and know if we were together, he'd give me a big old hug and I would just soak it all in. You know, but there's a lot of people that are living by themselves that don't get that or are afraid to reach out. So that that physical element is something I think sometimes people underestimate the value of that, in my opinion. What, I, what I've learned about myself, thank you for sharing that, and it prompts in me to think about what I've learned about what I need to be doing in this time of the pandemic because I can't go and get hugs is to find ways to be in my body more, like uh, sit out in the hot spa in the morning at 104 mm. degrees and just really feel that. So there's, you know, ways that I've learned to help with that, but that's an impact. And I think it's even more of an impact when people are not getting what they want, when they have a huge discontent or there's a deep longing that's not being met. Absolutely. And usually for people that I work with, that longing that's not being met is around them working in purpose, having a vocation or a career that is meaningful and impactful. And when that's not happening, it has a physical toll on people. And what I notice with a lot, almost all of my clients come to me and I'm actually working with all of my clients on zoom because of the pandemic. And I do have some local, it helps. I can work with people all over the place. I have Mm -hmm. clients all over the U S and even internationally. Uh, But when they first come to me, the energy that's in them is a, like a deer in the headlights, mm. uh, stress down. And after I uh, generally work with clients for 
three to six months initially for, mm-hmm. you know, making a shift. And just over and over again, they're showing up relaxed. They're showing up content. They're showing up confident. And I will say that for some kind of a big shift like that, it really does take. It's not an overnight thing. But in three to six months, you can have a big shift. Right. Because if you're, I would assume that if you're emotionally, mentally, physically, financially stressed, yeah. then, and things are not working, you you kind of have, well, I was going to say two choices, but I think three. You can stay stuck and stay there. Yep. Or you can let that drag you down, or you can decide this isn't working for me. What am I going to do instead? Yeah. I mean, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I think those are kind of sense. the choices there. And so step one is just check. Check your discontent. Check your longing for what you don't have that you want. And if it's high, reach out to get some high-quality support. And what I believe is that everybody knows what high-quality support looks like for them. Mm-hmm. What I look like, what I, what I enroll as high quality support might be different than what you do. And yet I know when I'm working with someone where they're supporting me, I'm really clear when it's high quality and when it's not. Yeah. Cause if somebody is being accusatory or insulting or, you know, when you leave that conversation and you feel as bad, if not worse than when you went in, that's not helpful. Those are not the kind of people you want to have on board to help shift your mindset in a positive direction. Is that just me? No, I think, uh, absolutely. That's not just you, you know, so, uh, you know, high quality support, as everybody knows, is it's maybe there's some accountability in there, but I think mm-hmm. that's the smallest piece. There's certainly some affirmation and encouragement and blessing in there. And that's also a good piece, but a smaller piece. And the last part is someone who can help you unwind the other than conscious mindset in such a way. And what I'll say is that that, that generally looks like some kind of a coach or a mentor with someone who has that specialty mm-hmm. uh, like like we have here at engaging breakthroughs but it doesn't mean it has to be from us find that support where it's right for you well and i think another element that that i'll bring up is, that i love about you is when you work with people you help them find their answers. You're not giving them your answers. Can you talk about why that's different and how that changes mindsets? Yeah, because it helps people. What I, one, of, one of my missions is I empower people to align, align with their deepest truth. Because when someone is able to discover what their truth is around an issue and come away with a a reframing of it in such a way that it's like sort of settles back into the subconscious with a little bit of a reframe, like, Oh, I see that differently. Um, That, that process in and of itself is what facilitates that change. So I lost your question again, please. (laughs) (laughs) This comes from the fact that you and I can get together and talk for hours and hours and hours and hours and still talk some more. Well, so. I'm trying to make my, my responses clear, and then I'm not, I keep getting lost in the questions. <laughs> that's, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So I think you did a great job. I think you yeah. did answer that question. So we kind of got off on the, the 
number one aspect of the the tool that you were offering and um, kind of dive deep into that. So what is number two? Number two is to start asking the question, what's at risk? And we guide you through that in this document. And I actually do a lot of work with our clients around the idea of risk and there's risk at different levels, right? So Mm -hmm. the, the risk of, speaking up to a superior in my job, you know, it might on the surface, on the surface, it could be, oh, I might lose my job. That's sort of the risk, but the invitation is to go deeper in there. What's really the deeper risk in there. And usually it ends up at something around some deep loss of connection or when someone's unhappy with me, because I've said something out of place or I've been so bold as to speak my truth. Um, they might not like it and I lose connection. I lose that, you know, people want others to like them. Right. I want people to like me. Absolutely. Me However, too. I've learned how that my deeper truth and what's important. It's, it's more important for me to speak my deeper truth than for people to like me. Well, and, and- yeah, and I think it's more important for me to like me and stand on my core values than to give that up so someone else will like me. Yeah, right. Easier said than done because the other oh, yeah. mindset's going to say, well, you just make sure that they are happy with you. That's one of the things that the other the unconscious mindset tells, tells people. It tells me, you know, like I'll wake up in the morning. I wake up early, like five. <sighs> It just works for me at this time. It does. I'm a night owl. I'm at a point in my life where I don't work. I follow my energy, and it happens to be that I work with people, but it doesn't feel like work. Right. At all. I get that. Yeah. It's so good. So I wake up in the morning, and I'll have a cup of coffee, and uh, all of a sudden, I find myself thinking about all the things that I have, all the interactions that I have for the day. And there's a part of my mind, my other than conscious mindset that's worried about, am I going to handle that well? Am I going to handle that well? Am I going to handle that well? Yeah. And I've learned how to work with that for me. Actually, for me, it's, there's, that's fear. And for me, there's really, there's a, there's a fear of feeling some grief underneath that. And I've learned mm-hmm. how to feel the grief. And, and I, that's part of what I help my clients with, frankly, is that they learn how to work with the emotions in such a way that's to quiet those voices of the other than conscious mindset or more importantly to shift them from a voice that says you're bad to I've been keeping you safe this way I'm now going to keep you safe a different way Hmm. and and wow yeah because (laughs) you can tell I just went because people don't listen to that part of themselves that part of themselves that really has i got goosebumps um their best best interest at heart they they squish that down why is that well i don't want to be that way i don't want to i don't want to be afraid so that part of me that's making me afraid just ignore it ignore it ignore it and the work that I do with people, you, you said something earlier to me before we got on the, the recording and you said, um, really what I heard you say is I've learned to accept all the parts of myself. 
Like yeah. I, I've learned that I'm okay messy is I think what you said. Like, yeah, look, we were talking about perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Like here's who, this is who I am and I'm messy. I'm a human yeah. being. I'm messy. Yeah. Sloppy. Yeah. But two things happen. I'm less messy than I was. And I'm real. I know how to clean it up when I get messy if I need to. Right. And right. messy is me. It's authentic. Yeah. So well, I, th- mm-hmm. I think that's part of risk too, is that, yeah, I think we were talking about perfectionism and I told, I told you, I made some, wise Alec remark, which I'm sure surprises everybody. And I said, I'm not perfect. I've gotten used to the fact and I own the fact that I'll never be perfect. I don't, I've never, I'm not going to strive to be perfect. The only thing I want to be is perfectly me. And some, you know, if my kind of crazy matches your kind of crazy, then come on board, let's be friends. And if it doesn't, then move along. There's nothing to see here. (laughs) Um, But it is part of learning to accept, you know, I'm a recovering control freak. You know, is that pretty? No, it's not. Trust me. But I'm learning that when that little ugly control freak starts to rear its ugly head, I know how to shove it back down and figure out what is that about? What is that control about? Am I afraid of a change? Am I afraid of a risk? Or, you know, am I afraid of hurting somebody's feelings? Am I afraid? What I hear a lot of is I don't, I'm afraid, I don't like confrontation. That's right. So, but that's a risk. You have to risk. I'm, I'm going to throw my husband under the bus right now, and I apologize to him. Um, I yeah, I, I know. Well, I do too. So, <laughs> but he always says I don't like confrontation. And what you know, what my little snarky self says to the man I've been married to 38 years is, it's not that you don't like confrontation. You're just choosing where to have it because there's always confrontation. But because I'm his safe place, he prefers to have confrontation with me than with ABC or XYZ. I mean, when you, and I, maybe this goes back to find those people that you feel safe with that you can do these, play out these mindsets with so that you can change them. Yeah, I think that's a way. And I would, I would also say, if you really want to have a difference, work with someone like us who really knows how to make that shift, right? It's one thing to have a friend. And if you have a supportive friend, great. And use our guide, you know, I'm just, I'm going to suggest to you that really being clear about the support, being able to help you see things that you can't see usually requires a certain set of skill there. So. Oh, absolutely. Lots of people have it. And I think ours is pretty unique. Well, and I think you're, you guys are pretty great at what you do. And so I definitely say people need to, you know, when I started my journey, there's no way that my husband and I could have said the things we said to each other. We were too emotionally entrenched and too worried about the risk to the relationship or hurting feelings or this or that or the other thing. So when I can, when I develop a friendship with someone like you, or I work in a relationship with somebody of your caliber who can say the same thing to me that my husband may have wanted to say, but doesn't carry that emotional baggage. If you said it to me, I might sit back and scratch my head. I might even be quiet for a minute or two. I don't know. And think about it. If my husband said that to me, I, it would be all I could do to not throw something at him. I mean, I don't know. Do you find that to be true? Yeah. Siblings and parents like, Hey, let me tell you about this thing that I'm this, this issue that I'm having with my, other than conscious mindset and there will just like, well, just do this or just do that. You know, that's, you don't need someone telling you what to do. It's someone who can ask the right questions so that you can connect to the deeper truth of what's really going on there. And, and find that your friends that, could, that, that can help. 
And so like when you talked about Curtis, like, okay, so I don't think there's a, an issue for him or a discontent for him that's at a level of eight, nine or 10 out of 10 around conflict. So there's no reason for him to change it. Great, it's working for him. Now, if, if he decides like, wait a minute, this is not working for me, that's what I'm talking about. I think transformation or change or shifting the other than conscious mindset has to have some level of, I'm not getting what I want doing what I'm doing, and it's either really painful or I'm missing out on something I really want. Well, and you said on something, I, you know, I smirked because you triggered a thought in my mind because I want to make sure it's clear that if his level of discontent or his actions are not bothering him and they're bothering me, that's not his problem. That's no, my that's problem. What I'm saying. It's about you. <laughs> you know? I just and want every spouse to hear that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, this is no, no indictment of Curtis in any way it really is. It's Curtis is content. Good. Right. You know, well, and, I, encar- I, I congratulate him and bless him on being really clear about that. Like, that's not my deal. I don't need to worry about fighting for that. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, you know, and if, if, if somebody else's deal becomes your deal, then it is really that it is your deal. You have to figure out how to process that and figure out what mindset button that pushes so that you can deal with what's happening to you. You can't fix them. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you can't change them. You can have discussions, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, part of how, part of the work that we do in our leadership development is we have a, a, a model that we use for communication of difficult conversations that works really well. And one of the rules, one of the beliefs that, that I hold consciously about that is I don't always get what I want. And I certainly won't get it if I don't ask. Absolutely. So I've learned to be pay attention to what I want as it relates to other people and to express it in a really, our model helps to express it in a really productive way. Mm-hmm. And people will change when they're asked and they have an emotional reason to change for you. But we also do a lot of work on this idea of the, the psychological concept of projections um, you and you, you may remember a process that we did, which is there's something about that person that I don't like about myself. <laughs> Whoa, say that again. There's something about that person that I don't like about myself. Mm. It was a process that we did called a withhold. And at the oh, end, yeah. withhold is I created that because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And so there's an idea of, uh, Something about that person that I don't like about myself says when I really don't like something in someone or it's bothering me, it's reflecting on a part of myself that's maybe in that other than conscious mindset that's being repressed or hidden or denied. Yeah, I think that there's a, what is it, 40 Days of Purpose book. There's something about, you know, in every group, there's what he calls an EGR, that there's that person that's extra grace required, EGR. And if you're sitting in a group and you can't find who the person is, that is the EGR, the extra grace required, it might just be you. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I try and remember that all the time when I look around the group and then go, uh oh, maybe uh -oh. I better maybe it's me. But yeah, so there is that. But you know, I I I'm not working at mindset at the same level of your expertise. So my dumbing down of that is if I spot it, I got it. If yeah, somebody yeah, does something exactly that annoys right. me, then it probably annoys me because it's yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And another variation is um, that person is not necessarily thinking about me what I think they're thinking about me. And that's actually probably more important. So is, it, if, if that's if your I mindset, think, what do you do about that? How do you handle that? Uh huh. So again, if it's, Number one is I work with people just to teach them and, and help them use the model to check in and pay attention and to validate. And we, our model helps deal with this idea of, you know, I, I thought I'm, th I'm telling myself this story about what your intention is. And I'm going to own that that may not be true. That that may actually be about me. Mm. So some of the owning of what you're doing, like you owned, like, you know what? that control things about me. It's not about my husband. Yeah. Doggone it. There's something really mature about that. I will say there's something really emotionally mature about that. And that's one of the reasons you're doing what you're doing today. Mm. And, and I will tell people too, it wasn't always that way. Right. <laughs> you know, it that's takes work. You, yeah. rather than, you continue to do that. Mm. And what I say is when you made your first decision to go off and, and uh, you know, bring your dream to reality around helping people bring their book dreams to the world. Right. Mm, right. My guess is you had a plan mm. and that plan had you doing things. And my guess is you ran into resistance along the way on certain aspects of it. There were certain things that you didn't want to do that you knew you had to do. Absolutely. And, yeah. And that you worked through and you probably got support from certain people Mm -hmm. And you also, you, you've worked through some of those other than conscious mindset ideas that held you back, beliefs about Absolutely. yourself yeah. and beliefs about what's possible in your world. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, this is, let me talk to you about this because this is not something that I had planned to talk about, but you bring up a point that I think is really, really important. I know. I, I'm sorry. I'm throwing you under the bus again. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, no, this, is, <laughs> this is what I do for a living is I, I, people bring stuff to me and I help them work with it. So well, I love, I love any question you have, I'll answer it. I may tell I you I don't will. know, but I'll answer your question. But that's okay. We don't all know everything. And that's why we, and that leads me to my point is that yeah. there are so many people that are resistant and have a mindset of, I got this, I got this, I can do this. You know, they don't, I, I refer to it as their lane. And in my world, the way I talk about it is I'm staying in my lane and I know what I'm an expert at, but I'm on a super highway to success and I get to decide who gets to work with me and support me on that highway this is not a one-lane country road that I'm on all by myself I don't have to navigate this by myself but so many people try and so many people are afraid to invest in themselves by hiring experts where is that a mindset and what what might they work on if they have that kind of mindset well again I think there's a conscious mindset there right I could make a decision consciously that it's right, it's, it's right and important for me to invest in support to help me get to where I want to go. 
So I don't think there's really much other than conscious mindset around that. Maybe huh. someone will think about a belief that they have about that. Like, well, my family never invested in anything. I heard message like, don't waste your time there. Mm. So you could unwind some of that. I might work with someone to do that. Um, but I think it's really, um, what was the question again? <laughs> would, would it have anything to do potentially with worthiness that they don't invest in themselves or they see that they don't see it as investing themselves. They see it as paying somebody else to do something for them. Could yeah, that I be a mindset a shift? I think there's a lot of reasons why people don't. Um, what I would say is, at the core, it's a belief that that's not going to get me what I want. Mm, okay. Uh, if I if I spend money on something like that, all it's going to be is a spending of money, and I'm going to get cheated out of it, or you know, they might have some cynicism about that. Mm. And I would say, you know what, that's a good thing to be really really uh, skeptical about in this world today. There's a lot of people who are offering coaching services who are not really bringing great value. Right. And so one of the things that I do is I don't, I don't try to quick sell anybody. I take as much time as somebody wants to make their decisions. I help them to get to an empowered aligned yes or an empowered aligned not now or no. And like, great, let's work with people who I want to work with who are ready to make that investment. Um, but, I, but I think it comes down to the, the simple belief. It's not going to help me. If I, if I enroll this support, either because that person isn't really that good or I have, a other than, I have an other than conscious mindset that tells me I'm not worth it. I, I can't ever do it. You know, I have a fate belief that no matter how hard I try, I'm never going to get what I want. One of the things that I work with clients on is this idea of fate belief around a particular issue. And so it shows up like, I want to be in this kind of a role in my career as a leader and doing this. And somewhere in my other than conscious mindset, there is a belief that I'm never gonna have that because of what I've seen happen so far. And so I might as well just take the first thing that comes my way. Mm. That's, a, that's a specific quote from one of my clients. Oh, wow. About the way that, that that was running around and they weren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we talked for a while and I asked some questions and we did a process and they got really clear about the belief that was sitting there. And they had no idea of it before we talked about it. And now with that belief being really clear, we can actually work to shift that and question that. Is that really true? And, you know, we do work about the world that people believe in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that means we check in around their higher power and because that frames people's world and some of the beliefs. Right. And what I've learned is that people lose connection with their higher power and they, they believe their higher power is something limiting Mm-hmm. another so, other than conscious mindset that we work with. So there's some, there's some patterns of belief that people hold. And, and when they're in the other than conscious mindset, when they're not present and conscious, they wreak havoc. Yeah. So the bottom line for what 
I think you do for people is help them to become all that they're meant to be, whether they believe that they're meant to be something awesome or not. I mean, but I think, I think everybody was designed for greatness. Mm -hmm. And not everybody's ready to go achieve greatness or their definition of greatness. Ooh. So I look for, like when I do a consultation with, with uh, potential clients, I spend an hour with them and tell them about myself and find out about what's going on for them. And I look for two things. Can I help them? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people come to me that, that I just make an, an assessment that they're not ready for me to help them because they're not invested enough or they have, you know, and um, the second part is, do I want to work with them? Mm. Because I spent 30 years working with people because I had to work with them and I no longer have to do that. Right. <laughs> it's a great place to be. I love my clients because yeah. I choose them. And you know what I found? And you may find this too, as you coach people to bring their books to life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't, I don't want this kind of person. You know, when I put my message out to the world, mm-hmm. The people that come to me and respond to it are my people. Exactly, yes. There's not, there are very few people who I speak to that I decide not to work with because I don't, I don't really enjoy them. Yeah, well, because I think that you've uncovered those mindsets that you know who you want to attract. So, yeah. you know, so. And I'm yeah, attracting you, them. Yes, you are. That, I mean, that's fabulous. That makes my heart feel good for you, my friend. Thank you. Let me, um, so we're getting ready to wind this up. So Great. let me say first, or tell us again where people can connect with you or, or uh-huh. look at what you do. Sure. Uh, so on LinkedIn, um, it's Craig Tennant, C-R-A-I-G-T-E-N-N-A-N-T. And it's actually Craig Ian Tennant is the, the name on the, on the LinkedIn URL. I-A-N is my middle name. Uh, we also have an engaging breakthroughs LinkedIn page you can visit where we post some content and our website is www.engagingbreakthroughs.com and on the front page you can scroll down to where it says sample our leadership training and we have I think it's a 19 page guide that I created uh, last year that's available to you it's complimentary we'll ask you to give us your email address and um, we might send you one of our blog posts. I write articles about these topics that we're talking about. As a matter of fact, if you go to our career development blog, I wrote an article about reframing the other than conscious mindset in June of 2019. Wow. That's available to you there. And it's a shorter version of what we just talked about today. Awesome. So Real quick, I'm going to put you on this hot seat. Yay! My favorite part, but I know I say it that way, and my guests go, "Hmm." But I'm ready. Okay, so quick answers. Three questions. Number one: What is the biggest mindset that you, if you had continued to focus on it, would have kept you from becoming the success you are today? Um, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. You can't answer my question, or you can't do success. I think that I think the mindset that was there was a belief that I can't do it. And I would say that was an other than conscious mindset that I had to kind of work with to get to, but I had a belief, a mindset that I can't do it. Okay. So with that in mind, how do you overcome, how did you overcome that mindset? What did you decide instead that you were going to do that led to your success? 
again, I, I, I got some support. I enrolled some high quality support and that support really helped me to look at the risks and in a way that was really productive and real for me. And I got to see the risks in a different light from a different angle and in the context of what, you know, of my motivation and, and knowing that life is not this in my body is not forever here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to, to make a shift in, in that belief and, you know, that belief of I, I can't do it. My gosh, that still shows up. Yeah, but it doesn't it's not stop. A cure. Yeah, it doesn't just, stop yeah. me. Yeah, no, I know how to work with it now. And one of my mentors said to me, you know, I still hear the messages that you can't do it. I just don't believe them as much anymore. Mm, yeah, learn how to change the channel. Yeah, you know, use the remote control, turn it off. That's so yeah. Right. So I want this last hot seat question is one thing, one thing in all of your brilliance, Craig, one little golden nugget that an action step that you can leave our listeners with that has to do with overcoming mindsets so they can master success. Notice what you're noticing. Huh? Notice what you're noticing. Start paying attention to the thoughts going around in your mind and notice it. Notice what you're telling yourself. Notice Mm -hmm. the story where it's limiting you. Notice what you're noticing. It's an awareness. Step one is start paying attention. Just notice. And am I happy? Am I unhappy? Am I stuck? Am I moving? Where am I limited? Notice when you're telling yourself things that are stopping you from doing what you know to do. Notice what you're noticing. Pay attention. Absolutely. Such great wisdom. Craig, tenant you all check him out thank you so much craig for being here today i know you're really really busy and i so appreciate your time and um and i treasure our friendship so thank you for sharing both with me you're welcome and thank you so much arlene it was so great to be with you today well we're we're gonna have to do this again because i've got all these questions i still have unanswered so (laughs) awesome forward to visiting with you soon okay great so with that i am going to leave everybody with this thought Until until next time, be mindful of the stories you tell yourself about what is or is not possible for you. Don't let anybody else dictate how you live your story or how you tell your story. Only you have the power to choose how to master success in whatever form that takes in your life. And when you're ready to write that story and write your book, please contact me, Arlene Gale, at bookwritingbusiness.com. for joining Mindset Meets Mastery with Arlene Gale, the expert in helping people write business building books. Join us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on BBS Radio when we'll talk more about how mindsets help or hinder success mastery. Please visit bookwritingbusiness.com to get more information on writing your professional or personal story.